In the fourth quarter, Derrick Brooks put the exclamation point on Tampa's first ever Super Bowl. Yo, 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 welcome back to Tampa Bay Sportscast. Before we uh, start the show, I would love to give a big shout out to our brand new sponsors. If you guys are feeling hungry, go see Nicole and her staff at Rosati's Pizza in Oldsmar or Largo for the best Chicago style pizza, calzones, or pastas in the Bay Area. Mention Mike and Ryan sent you from Tampa Bay Sportscast and you receive 10% off your order. You need a night out? Go see our friends Cameron and Crystal and Maddie over at Sticks Dunedin on Main Street. They have karaoke Friday and Saturday nights starting at 9 and poker Saturday night at 7.30, as well as $2 drafts during all Rays games. If you and your friends want to go shoot pool, mention Mike and Ryan sent you from the Tampa Bay Sportscast so all of your friends and you can shoot for free. Thank you again from our sponsors. And uh, now to some Bucks info. What's up, Mike? Uh, really excited to have us back on here talking some Bucks and some positive uh, changes going in the Buccaneers organization, which is nice to maybe talk about a positive ship, positive pirate ship going forward. Yeah, Bruce Arians, uh, so he was hired last Tuesday. He's, I think for the most part, his coaching staff is in place, which is good. We've seen a lot of names being brought along via Twitter online of coaches that he's bringing in. He's actually hired a total of 21 coaches and 14 of them are coaches that he coached with or coached under him or played with him. It's, it's from all over the place, but he's, he has a familiarity with a lot of these coaches that he brought in and it's uh, relatively a large staff. It's probably one of the biggest staffs in the NFL, if not the biggest, but it's got a lot of experience. So yeah, Bucks man, fans have yeah. a lot of optimism going talking, into the We got we got Byron Leftwich, I mean he's a ten year vet. Uh, one uh, Antoine Randall L, one of uh, my favorite names I think in football history. You know, let alone he was a cool little receiver for the Steelers. Larry Foot really liked that hire. Todd Bowles, you knew he was going to bring in some uh, some quality staff. I mean, all we the special teams coach hire was big. I know me and you have been uh, really uh, really talking about him. Yeah, I mean, Todd Bowles coming in, he brought in Casey Rogers, his his defensive coordinator for the Jets when Todd Bowles was the coach over there. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what we were always talking about if they were to hire Arians, what he would bring along or who he would bring along. And I think everyone has been very uh, pleased to the extent of who he's hired and who he's bringing with him. Yeah, let's just run through some of these. Uh, we, won't, we won't discuss all of them probably any of them for that matter, but we'll just go ahead and put up the staff that they've hired on so far. So the offensive coordinator is of which he's also the pass game coordinator. And then you have the run game coordinator, as we said in the last podcast with some of these other coaches. Um, when quarterbacks coach, we got Clyde Christen, Christensen, running backs coach, Todd McNair, tight ends coach, Rick Christoffel, offensive line coach, Joe Gilbert, Offensive assistant Antoine Randall, which you guys all remember, Super Bowl, I think Super Bowl 40, where he had that trick play past 40 yards down the field to Heinz Ward. Offensive quality control coach John Van Dam. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you got defense coordinator Todd Bowles, defensive line coach Casey Rogers, which was Todd Bowles' defense coordinator for the New York Jets. 
Inside linebackers coach Mike Caldwell. Outside linebackers coach Larry Foote. Cornerbacks coach Kevin Ross. Safeties coach Nick Rapone. Defensive quality control coach Tim Atkins. Special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. Assistant special teams co- uh, coach Amos Jones. Defensive special teams assistant coach Cody Grimm. Specialist coach Chris Benoil. And head coach assistant, which is the assistant, basically BA's assistant, is Mike Chirioko. Chirko. Probably blew that, but. I'm pretty sure Arians is gonna is wanting to keep Deshaun Jackson. What is your uh, what is your view on it? I know we have uh, been a little harsh going into the end of the season. Like obviously, I we love his talent and his skill level, but obviously he he had some issues in the locker room. Maybe in a I wouldn't say off the field, but he was a mild distraction. What do you how do you feel about that uh, going forward? That's that's a real sensitive subject. I know a lot of Tampa Bay fans, when they heard that uh, via Twitter from Ian Rappaport, uh, people were like, no, he's a cancer to the locker room. He's not going to play hard. He doesn't like Jameis Winston, which is technically incorrect because Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson have a decent, like have a good good friend relationship. Their, their play on the field together hasn't coincided with each other, like for higher expectations than what we expected. But honestly... For Deshaun Jackson, for us to get the most out of Deshaun Jackson, I'm going to think that Bruce Arians is going to be the guy that can get him in the right spot in the offense to succeed and really get Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston on the same page. That's yeah. what I. That's what my optimism is right now. But <laughs> at the same time, we all know how, how much of a diva queen he can be. And especially with the comments that Bruce Arians made uh, about Antonio Brown, like, if he, if he doesn't want to bring in a guy like Antonio Brown, not that I want Antonio Brown, why yeah. would you want to keep an, uh, a I'd talent like Deshaun Jackson? I'd rather deal with his production than Deshaun Jackson's. And as yeah, much it, as it, I love Deshaun, he really is, you know, you, you rip defense or it gets you a tough catch here and there, but, I mean, he's not the complete package of Antonio Brown. And that's just, I think, from a situation is he actually has Deshaun Jackson here, so it's different. You know, he's not obviously going to wing off about his player that's in the locker room that he may have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So maybe that's just saying that he wants nothing to do with that A-B stuff. Right. I mean, but let's face it. Is as good as Deshaun Jackson, a lot of the times in this offense, we really only used him to take the top off the defense. Did we really put him in a lot of crossing patterns across the field to get him in open space to make plays? Just like how he could use his talent as a punt returner. In yeah. open space, so kinda, get him on we open putting, space. I feel like we were putting Godwin in a lot of crossing. A lot of the crossing routes I saw this year, I saw Godwin drop a lot of them. But uh, that that was uh, the person that I saw maybe crossing the formations more more often than not. Deshaun was primarily a uh, just a deep threat, and obviously right, but, you know Evans is the all around number one. Right, but I mean Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin's a bigger body receiver. He's confident and comfortable going down the center of the field exactly knowing that's, that there's going to be some kind you, of contact that's who you want going over the middle i'd rather godwin than deshaun so at that point he's the second third option basically him and godwin are both the number two options i don't know if either one of them had shown to be a more reliable too but i mean he's just limited and he's older like is he really willing to go get hit across the middle i just don't think so godwin's a younger body so, yeah, um, I mean, not necessarily going over the across the middle of the field, but just anywhere to get into open space to 
just use his athletic and athletic ability and his speed to to make big plays happen. But let's 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 be honest. Do we really want to keep Deshaun Jackson around? Me personally, no, because I know what kind of cancer he can be to be in that locker room when stuff doesn't start uh, when stuff doesn't go the way to plan that he wants it. Like if they start losing, he's got you, you're gonna know he's gonna cut out. He's not gonna he's not gonna give you 120 percent like the coach wants. So again, why don't we just cut 10 million dollars off our salary cap and bring go out and get a guy like uh, John Brown? from the Ravens. He worked with BA out in Arizona. He did extru- did wonders out in Arizona with Carson Palmer as a deep threat. So, if he you play, can get he the played same played well a lot this year too for the Ravens, man. I picked him yeah, up low key in the free uh, in uh, fantasy. He didn't he had good production. And right, you he like did, that he, he's more of a route runner than just a speed demon. So, as much as you you like Deshaun, I I mean I would love to see if Deshaun could, you know, somehow run a little better routes and, you know, play not like a slot slot position, but a more inside position where he can like get people going. But I don't know. Maybe it's just not his, not what he wants to do. The real question is, are you going to use Deshaun's Jack just to go deep or are you going to utilize him all over the field? Because if you're going to utilize him all over the field, you you don't have to bring him. You could. There's Golden Tate's going to be out in the free agent market. He he's one of the best slot receivers in Ooh, the NFL. I would love Golden Tate. Exactly. And you st- we still have Bobo Wilson. I'm not saying that Bobo Wilson is anywhere close to Deshaun Jackson, but there was a couple plays this year that I saw Bobo Wilson get open way down the field and had separation by like 15 yards. He also Granted, has such a fantastic name. Exactly. Who who doesn't want a receiver on that their team? That adds at least five speed when you have a great name. Yeah, if, if we're talking in that kind of terms. But granted, he, he got open, and James still couldn't get him. So I don't know. There's a lot of we're, there's still a lot to figure out about Jameis and his deep deep ball with speedsters like a Deshaun Jackson. We we all see that yeah, I don't know. Jameis I, I, Winston doesn't have a problem hitting Mike Evans deep down the field or Chris Godwin. He gets those people in stride. But when it comes to Deshaun Jackson and a little bit farther throws, it's just it's, that's where he's inconsistent. Yeah, I would, I would much rather see a, a Golden Tate, someone who's kind of more of a, a feisty type. He's kind of a Jameis Winston type, you know? That's why I think Humphrey's always worked well with uh, Jameis. He's just like a little fighter. And Jameis is a fighter. I mean, he makes mistakes because of it, but he is a fighter, and I feel like Deshaun isn't. Because even on some of those deep routes, I mean, it's like his one opportunity, he doesn't get it, and it's like he starts like going all diva. And it's, I don't know, I would rather see... Some I, I feel like if you got more like minds around there, and I don't think his off the field relationship is affected by that. Like I don't think him and Jameis have a negative off. I don't really think that a bad on the field relationship directly correlates to off the field. I'm not saying it can't affect it, but I don't think Jameis is the type of guy, or even Deshaun, like when he's out of practice to even care about that stuff. And I don't know if Deshaun and Jameis hang out. There, Deshaun's a little older than him. Deshaun's been in the league. He's a veteran. He has a family. I don't know if him they're uh, typically hanging out. So, with, with all that said, um, I don't know if bringing him back is. I would rather see him grow. If we could sign a Tate to like a reasonable deal, he he might get paid. But if you can get Tate on a reasonable deal, I would like to see him in the next you know year or two with with Jameis. I think Golden Tate is that guy uh, is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. I'm very stouted fantasy guy but very underrated and he i mean he's made a couple of very clutch catches so he'd be a cool adding 
Yeah, he's just he's getting into that age group around the 30 30 year old range. But if you're going to bring in a guy like Golden Tate, where where does that leave Adam Humphreys? Let him go, resign him. I think we should hold on to Adam Humphreys just because he's got a strong rapport with Jameis Winston. That I don't mind as, that. As nice as it would be to have a Golden Tate, I feel like Golden Tate would be a guy just to basically use him for like screen routes because he's good with the ball in his hand. He's got great yards after the catch. Uh, he's probably the top but, five receiver yards after catch. I mean, he just does miracles with the football. But I don't know how how much of a discount that you're going to get with Golden Golden Day. He might yeah, demand would, eight yeah, to nine, ten, yeah. eight to nine million get, dollars. You probably get more value just keeping Humphreys and uh, building on to the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> kind of a touchy subject. I know it's been too soon, but we could probably get him at a uh, a bargain if you want to. You know, just Kareem Hunt, man. Uh, Top five running back, get him at a bargain price. You're going to deal with a lot of negative flack. Uh, it's it seems interesting to me. Interesting's where it's at. I feel like yeah, Kareem Hunt. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know how desperate the Bucks are, but we need a running back playmaker, and Kareem Hunt fits that. I don't know if his off the field is going to how how long going to keep him out of out of playing football because they still had that incident at that Cincinnati zoo where he punched a man. So the NFL is actually currently still looking into that whole incident to see what kind of dis- further disciplinary action that they're going to do f- uh, to file against Kareem Hunt. But for example, say if he's got to miss eight to 10 games next season, is he worth, is he worth bringing him in at, I don't know if we have to pay him a new contract, how that works. Granted, he's not going to be asking a lot of money, but is it really worth bringing in Cream Hunt? I mean, for me, it, it really just depends if you can find that kind of a running back in this year's draft. And I don't know if there's always a handful of running backs that have potential, but if they actually come to the NFL and and become what they were in college. So for me, I would say no on Kareem Hunt, but I, I would not be surprised if B.A. goes out and and talk to a guy like Kareem Hunt because he's obviously for giving players and people second chances. I mean, he was given a second chance when he was playing his senior year of high school. He got uh, expelled he out gave, of his school. He, lost gave, a- a lot of he gave Adrian Peterson another chance, I believe, with the Cardinals. Yeah, he did. And look where he's at now. He's at the Washington Redskins, had 1,000 yards, age of 33 years old. I mean, that's just remarkable. Now, that's another thing. We, there's still running backs out in the free agent market that we could pick up, like a Mark Ingram. He might resign with the, the Saints. He's still 29 years old, but he's been splitting carries with uh, Alvin Kamara. I think so he Adrian, hasn't been taken- Adrian Peterson's a free agent, and I think you could get him at a, a cheap deal. And I, I even think that if you could get him up to 15, 20 carries, I mean, that's not as much as he would like as a bell cow, but think it's enough to keep him happy where he's not like in his saint situation and uh to have a running back maybe to have at least put some fear in the defense at times especially the weaker defenses i think james would just do wonders with that yeah no doubt i mean adrian peterson i'm not gonna lie he's gonna be he's a great running back still has tank you saw that this year with the play that he had in in washington but he's going to be the cheapest running back from what I can see. I mean, you're not going to get Mark Ingram anything less than for his, seven and for a half the value million. He puts out. I mean, he's a, he's a top 10 running back for, for nothing. I mean, right, yeah. Adrian Peterson in between the tackles. I'll, I'll take him all day because like I said, 
Mark Ingram's his the base negotiation is going to be seven and a half. I mean, the running backs last and year. I really uh, don't. Deion Lewis. I really don't think Mark Ingram would have more output than Adrian Peterson in our offense. I think Mark Ingram really benefits from. It's kind of like a when you're playing in an offense run by such a field general and Drew Brees, and you know you have that multiple running back system, really benefits from being the weaker option. It's like being the sixth man in the NBA. Or you know you're you're coming off the bench. You're not really the main focus, and you're the you're the one on the best matchup. So do I think Mark Ingram as a our starting running back? You know, unless we have a complimentary like receiving back with him, I don't know if p- paying that much for Mark Ingram makes any sense. Mark, I don't know what game you've been watching, but I damn well know Mark Ingram's been catching a lot of balls out of the back here backfield last year and this year. Yes. He's not as much of a receiving back as Alvin Kamara, but he still plays the screen game very well. He can still catch. He can still be the outlet for Drew Brees. For and almost $10 million, I don't know if he's that good. I'm not, yeah, exactly. If you have a Drew Brees throwing to him or putting him in those situations. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. If if I if it was my choice to pick a running back out of free agent, I would take a flare on, on Adrian Peterson, sign him to maybe two a one-year deal, uh, possibly two. I mean, his age is still up there. And sign him for like, can we get him for like $4 million a year? And then he he also, we can draft a running back. And with his experience helping out the younger guys coming up, I mean, it's it's just like one of those things. Adrian Peterson, yes, he's the he's a future Hall of Famer. He's really good. I, I prefer him out of any other running back in this free agent market that's coming up because the other running backs are going to have a higher price tag. So I think Adrian Peterson's a better fit, especially for a bigger guy that can run in between the tackles, and then we can find a a passing weapon running back in the draft. And I don't know if Bruce Arians wants to come starting out his tenure by overpaying a running back into his thirties. Like, yeah, no, that's that's why I said they're not going to offer Adrian Peterson dollars a year. Granted, if you're going to get him, you're going to get val. I wanted to get a value a value pick, or or you draft him. I don't I don't know if. Leonard or Fournette or, you know, Le'Veon Bell is the right answer. Yeah, well, we would have to make a trade for Leonard Fournette and also have to sign Bell to at least a $15 million a year deal with at least three years guaranteed. Those have just been the rumblings amongst the uh, Bucks faithful or the uh, hopeful, the Bucks hopefuls. uh, Right. As those two names have been rumbling up. The Leonard Fournette thing I think is stupid because we'd have to give away pieces and – He's probably not far from like a major suspension if he does anything stupid because he's already been suspended for the fight this year. Especially another thing with Leonard Fournette, I feel like he's over time he's going to be another one of those. He's just going to be one of those one of those guys in the locker room you don't. And I mean he hasn't he hasn't fully shown that that he's that kind of a player yet. But like I said, time will tell. And I'm not I'm not ready to take a chance with Leonard Fournette. He's a, he's a great talent. Don't get me wrong, but he's not worth a trade. Like you said, where there's a lot of whole team outside of running back that we need to fill. We need to work with the offensive line, defensive line. Running back's definitely something we need, but it's not something we need to kill ourselves for because you could always committee it and make it you know make it happen. Our offense has still been pretty effective with a poor poor running attack. You don't want to cripple yourselves, especially with some of the defensive additions you could do in free agency on uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, Tyron Matthew, Jadavian Clowney, Anthony Barr, all uh, 
young studs almost that you could stick in there. You know, some are studs, some should be studs or were, you know, projected to be all pros. And I've had flashes. I mean, Jadavian Clowney, we talked about too. He'd be a crazy addition, especially if we switched to the 3-4. Jadavian Clowney is a person that I was keeping my eye on. Um, But at the same time, we don't know how much money man could be a high price tag and right now we're sitting at 18.7 million in cap space with the 10 million dollar annual raise that will probably estimated raise that will be on added to the cap space and tyron matthew is is a guy that ba is extremely familiar ba's gave him a second chance and then was drafted by ba and they've had a great rapport over the years so a lot of people are speculating, we're speculating that BA is going to make a strong push for Tyron Matthew. To me, I feel like Tyron Matthew is going to be the guy that is going to be coming to the Bucks if any of these players are. He's got a strong connection with BA. BA drafted him in the first round after knowing the history that he had at LSU and being transferred to Wisconsin. But BA saw the talent, he gave him a second chance. And that worked out well. So a lot of people are speculating that he's going to be coming to Tampa via free agency. Um, he's going to be probably worth about tw- anywhere from 9 to $12 million a year. But at the same time, what are we going to do with a guy like Justin Evans and Jordan Whitehead? Justin Evans was being talked from Mike Smith saying that he's going to be a future, a future pro bowler. And then we saw flashes of um, Jordan Whitehead just pounding people at the end near the end of the season so i don't know if safety is as a big of a priority as the other corner to go opposite of carlton davis but at the same time you can move tyron matthew around everywhere he plays all over the field we saw him do it in uh, arizona we saw him do a bit for the houston texans but at the same time we could bring in a guy like uh, landon collins the strong safety from the giants he's still 25 years old um, he's a big physical safety, which is basically what a Jordan Whitehead is. So there's just a, there's a lot of possibilities out there. Not much on the cornerback market that I see via free agency. Uh, we have 18.7 with our estimated cap space with the annual raise and the players that we can be released without the cap hit. I think obviously we appreciate his tenure. But Gerald McCoy is probably too expensive for the price tag. Brent Grimes would be a nice, another nice one to go. And then Deshaun, you're clearing up $30 million right there. So that's, that's pretty big. And if you want to go add some pieces or just kind of go the committee route and, you know, just really round out the team, I don't know. That's, that's a lot of money that you can possibly get played with. Yeah, sixty. it would be around $60 million. Six, seven, cut off five players. But and what do we need? We need an offensive tackle, and we need an offensive guard for the offensive side of the for the trenches. So, but the only key guy I can see out there is a Roger Saffold from um, L.A. Rams, and he's probably the best offensive guard in free agency. He's not a real sexy pick. He gets the job done from uh, every other game. But so it looks like that we're gonna have to find an offensive guard or an offensive lineman in the draft outside of a Jonah Williams. So say if we draft Jonah Williams, we still need an offensive guard. Or if they really want to be some, somewhat creative, maybe try to throw in Donovan Smith at right guard, which is never going to happen. I'm just speculating. Or put him at right right tackle. There's a lot of options that we can do. We can franchise tag Donovan, 
play mess around with the offensive line. We have one year to figure it out. If Donovan Smith plays well at right tackle, sign him to a three-year deal. Let him sip with that contract while Jonah Williams is playing left tackle and on a salary, uh, a rookie, a rookie contract. Win now because, like, like we talked about, Bruce Arians only signed a deal with a fifth-year team option. So he's, like he said, he's not, he's not building. He's he's ready to reload and go win a championship. Whatever kind of money that you can spend that's going to help you win in the next four years, take a chance on it. Hey, you got to like that energy, that championship energy, uh, bringing that to Tampa Bay because he's competing with a championship team right now in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, just bounced back from the worst loss of the season, shutting out the Dallas Stars. Something we had been struggling with. Uh, it faded into the second period where Dallas outshot us 13-2. to And just our penalty kill, man, just strong. Uh, the, the penalties didn't come back to bite us like they did in the last game. It's gonna we're gonna have to curb that up going into the playoffs. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, Miguel Sergachev get his second. He's I know he hasn't been extremely happy with his offensive performance, but hey, he's a defensive player. He's playing well at the blue line, and I mean that's much that's all you can really ask for for a defenseman. I mean, granted, he's still young. He still thinks he's he's really savvy with the puck as a defenseman. I mean, he's up there looking like a a Nikita Kucherov type player when he's on the offensive side of the ice. And it's, I know he gets disappointed when he's not putting the, the net or the puck in the net, but the, I mean, his defensive scheme has been playing outstanding. Yeah. Um, obviously we bounced back from the Islanders game. Uh, it was our worst loss of the season, five to one, just right off the get. You have bad turnovers in the zone. We're in the, we're in the penalty within a minute of the game. It's just not good standards to set. Obviously, we've been playing so well. We're still we still have such a severe lead. We've been getting points almost out of every game. With that, obviously, we're still in a good spot. But it's got to be more than just Vazzy carrying us to victories. Yeah, the team just got to get off to better. Like like you're talking about that island game. Uh, they had a pe- like like you said a penalty in like the first minute and then. By the 11 minute mark, we were down three nothing, and the lightning, the lightning Can't usually can there. come back and make it very competitive, but there was the the Islanders were playing extremely well defense. Barry Trotz, when he first came in there, told this team that they were going to play exceptionally well on the defensive side of the ice, and their team has allowed the least shots attempt in the NHL. And you could see, I mean, they they were much more physical than us. They wanted it more. They took advantage of their, uh, they capitalized on their opportunities. And that was something we, we missed a, a couple really, really chip shoddy type type goals. And when we were uh, really pressing on them, we, we didn't have luck on our side either. You know, we were ringing off the post a couple times. So, you know, sometimes, you know, just your shots don't go in. And uh, the only goal we had was by McDonough um, and... The last goal they had was on an empty net, and that was kind of just like summed up the night. We couldn't even score with an extra guy on the ice. Yeah, it was, it was just a bad game, but this is the NHL. Any team can win. It's a professional sport. Yeah, obviously. And the Lightning aren't going to win every single game the rest of this. It's not going to happen. They're going to have a couple nights where they don't perform up to expectations, but that's granted. They're they're probably getting bored at this point. They've been beating everyone. So <laughs> the they're Warriors like, well, let's on just ice. take the night off. You know, let's come back being down for nothing. Obviously they don't go into the game planning that, but I mean shit. Who knows? They're any like like we said, anyone can win. It's 
It's a professional sport. And the Islanders literally came out and they, they took it to us. They were more physical. And their their goalie played absolutely phenomenal. He We couldn't get anything past him. Granted, we hit the crossbar a couple times. But there was, there was times where... Braden Point was getting one timers right into the guy's chest. Like he was, he was there everywhere the puck was at. Yeah, the goalie was playing phenomenal. He was on his game tonight. You know, when you have the team playing physical, we can't capitalize. The goalie's playing good. It's, it's probably going to be a long night for you. Going forward tomorrow, the Maple Leafs are coming to Tampa Bay, and then the Sharks will be on Saturday. So that's two home games in a row. Guys, definitely uh, get tickets to those. That Maple Leafs game is going to be be exciting. That yeah, the Maple Leafs game. But actually, the Lightning want revenge on San Jose for beating them over on the East West Coast after they lost to them. I think like five to three, five to two, or something like that. So they're looking for revenge against San Jose, especially on their home ice. Now, speaking about a team back into their offseason, the Rays actually just signed outfielder Avizel Garcia after a 19-home run season with the White Sox. Very excited uh, defensive outfielder. Um, he had a better slugging uh, season than he usually does, but his, his batting average and his OPS are a little, uh, so I don't know how you, uh, you feel about this signing. I mean, to me, he's more of a utility player. They already have a decent pieces out in the outfield, so he's more of like a depth. But he is a guy that can hit home runs. He's a guy that get on base. He's he's not consistent, so that's uh, a little just speed. Be he can steal the base a little bit, maybe not like all the time, but he can get it uh, against maybe a slower delivery. That's a, that's one thing that I wish we still had more of is more speed on the bases, but. They're they're making moves in the offseason. They're bringing people in. I mean, shit. He, they just so uh, it's just a one year contract in, too. So it's nothing serious or long term. It's just something to, to round out the outfield. I mean, three and a half million. That's like ten percent of their whole payroll last year. Actually, maybe he is one of the. <laughs> he's a big signing. Yeah, he's like, our big signing. It's like the Yankee. Season. It's like the Yankees janitor. Yeah, I really, I really hope that they try to still try to buy the back end pen. Uh, I know Sergio was in there doing clo- uh, closing out last year, but I feel like if we can really solidify the back end of that bullpen, bring in a good closer, and then have Sergio Romo as the setup man in the eighth inning, I really think this this team has potential to make a run this year. It's it's so it's they really play the way they ended the year. Why not? The division's tough, man. You got the Red Sox <laughs> yeah, and you got I mean, the Yankees. It's just yeah, you just have two teams who are the pinnacle of the sport, and they're willing to spend. Twice your salary cap. I mean, what do you? It's it's insane. It's a tough. And then you know the 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 Orioles and the uh, Blue Jays are they always try to, to try to scrap back into it every four to yeah. five years. But it oh it makes it feel so much better. Beat them. They have like four times the payroll that we have. We can still beat them. That that puts a smile on the owners and the GMs. Race fans will always love. When you uh, you take a series from the Red Sox or the Yankees, because it's like you know we really shouldn't if you look at the money. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, some other contracts that we rounded out: catcher Mike Zanino, third baseman Matt Duffy, and relief pitcher Chaz Rowe. We agreed all of them to one-year pitchers, so the Rays could avoid arbitration, which is always big. Yep, it's always big in the baseball industry. Arbitration. So that about wraps it up here at Tampa Bay Sportscast. Uh, we want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors, Sticks Dunedin on Main Street and Rosati's Pizza in Oldsmar and Largo. 
Really appreciate the support. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We really appreciate the support from all our listeners and all the feedback. Uh, Episode 7 should be coming out very soon. Peace, guys. Mike again. Till next time. Ground ball to second. Elon Murray's got it. Lays it down the World Series.